Hey, this is Sly. Today joining us is Rebecca McCord. She has an incredible story about what she witnessed in the 1964 campaign for the presidency where Barry Goldwater was running against Lyndon Johnson. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank okay. you very much. You're going to have to get a, reach in a little bit further there. Oh. There you go. All right. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your stepfather, his plane, and how it intersected with Barry Goldwater's campaign. My, my stepfather was a pilot, and when Barry Goldwater ran for president, he was his personal pilot during the election. Um, my stepfather also owned two B-25 bombers. One was had the gun mounts in it, but it was empty, and the other one had been Charles de Gaulle's personal plane when he, during World War II. And my stepfather also taught for, um, also taught so the planes would land and take off B-25s in Doolittle's raid on Tokyo. He taught the pilots how to do that so he could land and take off this plane in 500 feet. That's a pretty incredible story. So, uh, obviously, it's 1964. Barry Goldwater is a uh, kind of an insurgent candidate for the presidency among conservatives. He uh, was a war man himself, a, you know, a hero. Uh, your stepfather wanted to support him. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened next. Well, him and these other supporters with lots of money and people with lots of money like to hang out with him because of the planes. Uh, they they decided they wanted to get these coins made that looked little uh, discs that looked like coins and stamped on them was going to be why gamble anymore vote for Barry in '64 and they punched a hole in them so you could use them for a keychain and the only place that could make them was in Minneapolis so he left Arizona and flew to Minneapolis and of course and stayed in the Howard Johnson's motel for about six months while these were being made. He stayed at a uh, hotel for six months while the coins were being made? Yes. Uh, my mother, my sister, my brother, and my mother was pregnant with my other sister, and me, and then he was in and out because he had to go back and fly. Uh, we stayed in one room in Howard Johnson's for six months. Why were these coins so important? And that, I mean, that's a long time. I don't know. I really, honestly, it was just, it was some idea he came up with to get money out of these rich people. So the uh, first idea was to sell these coins, right? Well, it was a money, for him, it was a money-making proposition to get these people to, to pay for it and his expenses and everything. I see. Okay. So uh, what happened next? Well, next he had the plane uh, stripped and buffed to a bright, shiny silver and the motorcycle. He, everything had to match. And then they tried to figure out how to get these coins into the Bombay because they couldn't put them in and shut the Bombay and expect it to close because they'd all fall out. So they had to cut a hole in the side of the plane and pipe them into the Bombay. And then he flew the plane back to Phoenix and... Uh, that's where uh, we bombed Barry Goldwater. So Barry Goldwater 
didn't know what th- th- this was coming. He had no idea that these coins were going to be dropped. He was doing an event in Arizona. He was doing an event in Arizona, had absolutely no idea. And um, <clears throat> he, he was giving a speech like at a baseball field with the bleachers, and he was like on first base or home plate or something speaking on a little with a little podium. And uh, I remember seeing the guys who thought this was a great idea waving up at us, and we flew over this event at about 500 feet. That's pretty low. That's very low. I could see faces. And I sat in the bombardier's chair. We banked, and we came back, and he said, push the button now. And I got to push the button, and <clears throat> it uh, the bomb day doors opened up. And I look out, and people out the window, and people are running, terrified, screaming. Wave, I only imagine they're screaming, waving their arms in the air as 10,000 of these chips fell like rocks. And, and my husband one time, I said, I don't know why they were all running and screaming. And he goes, they were all World War II vets. What do you do when a, bomb, when a bomber opens its bomb base? You run. <laughs> This reminds me of an episode of WKRP where they dropped the turkeys. Exactly. I was wondering if that's where they got the idea. Well, that happened after. But, right. okay, so uh, he dropped the coins. Then what happened? Well, then he straightened the plane out. Well, it was pretty straight. We, we went bang back. And there was an air guard on one wing and an air guard on the other wing. And they were close enough that I could see them pointing their thumbs to go down. And so he landed and took it to the end of the airport where he put private planes. And they took him off and left me sitting there. I was 10 and a half, 11 years old. And I don't know, you know, there's no cell phones or nothing. You know, I'm just sitting on this bench in front of this shack and trying to figure out what am I going to do now? I don't even know how to call my mom. And then three limos pulled up. I saw him coming. One went ahead, one in the, stopped in the middle, and a man got out of the front limo and opened the back door and said, Senator Goldwater will take you to your mother now. And I remember having my first uh, limousine ride at that point. So where was your stepfather at this point? I have no idea. Didn't see him for quite a while. I figured... When you say quite a while, what do you mean? Well, um... I really don't know. Um, I don't. I don't remember seeing him again for a while, but I, I haven't given that any thought. So was he arrested for doing this? He was taken away. But you don't know if he was arrested. No, I don't know. I, I not that I know of, because later he tried to sell um, the plane with the gun mounts to somebody in Nicaragua, and they picked him up at the end of the runway for that too. <laughs> Wow, this guy was quite a character. Oh, yes, he was. All right, so when you got in Senator Goldwater's limo, what did he say to you? He just asked how I was doing and how's my mother. and and, But, you know, really, I I don't think there was really particularly a conversation. I don't remember. I remember just kind of staring at him dumbfounded. What was your stepfather's relationship with Barry Goldwater? Absolutely none. Really? Well, he, he was his pilot. Max uh, started flying during World War II, and, or earlier than that, and he flew for TWA International. 
And he's got a lot of stories about that. And, like, they watched the entire Japanese fleet fly underneath the, the planes, you know, the commercial planes when they were going to Japan. So he said, that's no surprise. But, you know, he, he knew how to schmooze, and he knew how to get in with people, and he was wickedly smart and educated. So, uh, Senator Goldwater takes you to your mother. Uh, and where is your mother at this point? I don't know. I don't know where, 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 we, where we went. But, but she was somewhere in the Phoenix area. Right, right. But I don't remember where we were staying at at that time. So do you remember your conversation with her after this? This is quite an event for an 11-year-old. Well, she was busy with children. <laughs> in fact, I think it was about the time my youngest sister was born. She had three children in three years. So um, I don't really, you know, like, it was like a hush-hush thing. You know, like when you go into the room and your parents are talking about something, it would hush, hush up, you know. And so I never really, I never really do. So in later years, did you ever talk to her about this? Uh, she has a, a slightly different take on it. Um, she said that they did an experiment and it didn't work. And I said, but I was there. And I remember they did a practice run and they put a bag of rocks in the, in it. And he was seeing how close he could, you know, get, you know, still bomb and stuff. And this thing fell like rocks. And they, my mom said, well, that's not going to work. And, uh, fell right at our feet. So he's really good at bombing. And, um, nothing was ever said about it again, but he, he had severe mental health issues on top of everything else. Ah, so after that, did you, do you, you remember the next time you saw him? Did you have any conversation with him about it? No, no, I never did. I never did. Uh, we would have stayed in Phoenix for a while, but no, no, um, he didn't like me. I was the redheaded stepdaughter. And when did he pass on? Uh, 68, 1968, he killed himself. Oh, so just a few years after this yeah. after this happened, yeah. yeah. What a remarkable story. Uh, subsequently, have you learned anything else about this? Did this ever? Did you ever read about this anywhere? Did this make the news? Yes, um, it did. And um, I used to have one of the coins. But I, I that from that situ from that, but I don't anymore. But every once in a while, they'll show up in an antique show, one of these one of these cones. They they were plaster of Paris, I think, and painted, so they're not real strong, you know. Right. So, uh, did the media ever contact you about this? Not me. I don't know if they contacted him, but. Right. Basically a no flight zone. He did that at he did that at at um, where the presidents are all carved. Now you're talking about Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Now how does Mount Rushmore come into this? Well, it's not part of the story, but he was going to make this TV show. He got money backing for this called Name the State. First they'd like go over and fly over, and they put the cameras in the nose of the of the of the plane and they'd fly over some corn and then they would show like maybe this or that. And then two panels of people were supposed to name the state and Mount Rushmore was going to be the, the giveaway clue. And so 
he rushed Mount Rushmore like three times so they could get pictures of it, and he got picked up by the feds for that too. But he could talk him away his way out. I, I, I don't find I found it amazing how he could talk his way out. And what was his name? Maxfield Melvin Major. Maxfield Melvin Major. And when, when he was teaching the, the pilots for the Doolittle run, he was a honorary major major. Honorary major major. What does that mean? Well, he was an employee. He was given the honorary title of major because he was a, a teacher, a pilot instructor, and taught him how to take off and land in 500 feet. So what brought this story back up for, for memory for you? This is obviously many years ago. Um, it's one of my kids' favorite stories. So whenever you know we're together, they always want me to tell the story, and I hope I tell it right. Well, sounds like you have a lot of details here that you uh, that you remember out of it. It's not every little girl that gets to, you know, fly in a in a bomber, and uh, drop coins on a presidential rally. That doesn't happen very often. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to bet that's never happened before and will never happen again. Probably not. Now I'm sure they would shoot you down rather than just tell you to calm down if you tried that. Well, that is something. You know, Hillary Clinton was a uh, a Goldwater girl that year. She was raised in a Republican family, and so she was a Goldwater girl when she was little. I I, I remember, uh, I didn't know that. That's that's really neat. Um, I suppose, you know, being raised in a political house where, you know, a lot of things were discussed, um, very Max chose Barry Goldwater. One, he was from Arizona, and that's where we lived. And two, um, Barry Goldwater was go in there, bomb, and get out of Vietnam. Right. You know, and he liked he liked that better. Right. Well, that is a fascinating story. Thank you so much for telling us this story, Rebecca. Today, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Rebecca McCord. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Sly. Sly'sOffice.com. Thanks a million. Bye-bye.